Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Kelly drank a little too much that night. Got verbally totally abusive. I'm staying 2,000 miles away from my house. She's having a fight with her son and then takes it against both of us. These are the plaintiffs, William Goldberg and Kelly Elliott. William says they rented the defendant their vacation house. And when the rental was up, the defendant stole their three-and-a-half-foot wooden carved bear statue. He never complained about a thing and is now holding their bear hostage. He also canceled the credit card charges, and they're here suing this strange man for the $1,000 they're owed. This is the defendant, William. He says he got bed bugs from the plaintiff's rental and is currently being treated by a doctor. He has no idea why these people feel he should pay a thousand bucks because he owes them nothing and thinks the judge is going to agree. He's accused of being a rotten renter. The defendant has filed a countersuit for $1,700 for pain and suffering and a bet. All parties, please raise your right hand. What you are about to witness is real. The participants are not actors. They are actual litigants with a case pending in civil court. Both parties have agreed to drop their claims and have their cases settled here before Judge Marilyn Millian in our forum, the People's Court. People's Court is now in session. The Honorable Judge Marilyn Millian is now presiding. Litigants have been sworn, Your Honor. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome, ma'am. Okay, Mr. Goldberg and Ms. Elliott, you rented your place out to William, we'll just call him, and uh, according to you folks, Ms. Elliott, you knew him before this? You guys are friends? Yes. How is it that you, how long had you known each other? 20 years. Oh, wow, and how is it that you know each other? I was his hairstylist. Oh, okay, all right, and had you, had you actually been socially friends all that time as well? Um, probably about 12 years at that time. All right, so at some point it comes up that he is going to rent a cabin that you folks have in Tennessee. Where in Tennessee? Near, near Mountain City, Tennessee. Okay, and he is going to rent it. How did he even know about it? Was that something that you had advertised or he just knew about it and, and asked you for it? No, we never advertised it and we never rented it to anyone. Um, but he and Kelly were having a conversation and asked um, Kelly if if he could stay while we were going to be gone from October 3rd to October 23rd, 2019. Okay. And then who, how did you guys come up with the figure $1,000? Well, it normally, if we were to rent this house out, it would rent for considerably more than that, about $1,600 a, a week. Um, but we decided that since Bill was an acquaintance, that we would allow him to rent it for $1,000. All right, and, and then he agrees. He pays you the $1,000, and he gets there on what day? 
So he he actually he paid through Kelly's square account um, the thousand dollars. He arrived before we left, which we had agreed to. He arrived on September twenty eighth of twenty nineteen, and then we departed on October third as planned. And he then stayed by himself until he could have stayed until October twenty third when we came back, but he decided to go back to Florida on. Uh, the 20th of October. So he left a few days earlier. All right. When do you first hear any display? I know that I've seen some emails back and forth between you guys trying to negotiate the price. At some point, it is decided because he actually pays through the app Square. So, and that's before he gets there. And then at some point, he expresses his displeasure. When is it, actually, let me ask you, Mr. William. When is it that you expressed your displeasure with the arrangement? Well, uh, it was prior to getting up there. As seen in the emails, I gave them the ultimatum because they asked for a 1000 I said I was looking at their place, their friends, and I offered them 250 a week to shoot the autumn fall up in the Appalachians. And they agreed to it verbally but went and charged my card $1,000 that I did not know until I got back. I got there on the 1st of October. They left on the 3rd. And the deal was, with all of our communications, I would pay when they're not there. And I want to so see, hold on one second. I want to see where that is, in fact, your agreement with them that you would pay, not where you say that was the agreement. I want to see where that was the agreement. So show me where. There is no text or emails they responded to. Uh, okay, so you that. kept, well, I mean, when you say they were careful about that, when did you pay the thousand? I did not pay the thousand. I, gave I know you bill. took it back and disputed the charge. We're going to talk about that. But when did you pay the thousand? Uh, before I arrived. Exactly. And so did you didn't pay two fifty. You paid one thousand, right? And there's I, nowhere I you can point to where they say that if you change your mind midstream, you can just pay half. There is. It's a thousand dollars from October third to October twenty third. You send emails saying, "Get with the real world." I'll pay X. They don't agree to it. And then you pay exactly what they had been demanding because they said they didn't care. You could either take it or leave it. So you pay the thousand before getting up there. You're complaining because they were still there. But I see in the emails where you always knew they were still going to be there until October 3rd. Exactly. They offered me to stay the whole month for the thousand when they came back. As they said in their I don't see email. that anywhere. I just see in all of the emails over and over what I see is October 3rd to October 23rd. Where you were going to show me something. I want to see that. Which email did you want to show me? Well, the the top one. He okay, well, but that's the one where they tell you you can be my guest from the right. 28th forward, right? Okay. And all we'll right, let me you ask a you a question. When breakfast. you're there, yeah, yeah, we'll buy you $10 glasses of wine and we'll take right, you to right, dinner right. and yada, yada. And all that sounded really good to you then. What changed? Because, Mr. William, at some point during your stay, you send an email to them saying, this isn't worth the money I paid. When did you send that? 
Well, I probably sent it right after uh, the two days I was there. Uh, Miss Elliot had. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Whether it's routine maintenance and emergency repair or a dream project, Angie lets you compare quotes from multiple local pros, browse homeowner reviews, and even book a service instantly. Angie's been connecting people with skilled pros for nearly 30 years. So the next time you have a home project, bring it to Angie to get your job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. And then, uh, Let me see the email two days after you got there. Okay. It's, it's graphic. I have to be blunt. Okay, hold on one second. I have that one. Hold on. Kelly drank a little too much that night. Got verbally totally abusive. I'm staying 2,000 miles away from my house. She's having a fight with her son and then takes it against both of us. I have to be blunt. Your girlfriend, Kelly, yelling, shut up, out of nowhere, troubling during my stay. Misleading of location. Oh, but look at that. The date of this is October 23rd. It's the day you're leaving. Misleading of location in nowhere land. The inside Goodwill furniture, uncomfortable and unsleepable. Beautiful place for wild animals. Five hundred dollars not a thousand or we both get attorneys so after your entire stay not two days into your stay you send them an email that says that and who is barry p.s barry is mine savanti loves him what is barry uh, that's the bear that i took for the two hundred dollars the car bear that he claimed i took i put it in my car wait d- that you took yes. or that he claimed you took Which is it? Oh, no, I took it. I drove it all the way home. So you stole a carved bear from their home. As I said in my emails, it was a joke. I gave it back. A joke? Yes. Oh, when when did you give it back? When did he give it back to you, Mr. Goldberg, when you called the sheriff and the sheriff said that was theft and they were going to arrest him? Yes, what's, uh, I filed a report with the sheriff on November 1st, and I returned to Florida on November 8th, and, Mr. and Mr. William had me, he, his son, meet me to return the bear on, uh, on November 10th. Yeah, after the sheriff called him, right? Is right. that what happened? Sheriff no sheriffs him. ever called me. No sheriffs ever called you? Never. Never. So what after stealing the bear in an email where you say, I took I'm going to pay you 500 not a 1000 and by the way, Barry is mine. Um, that is supposed to be a joke as opposed to a hostage situation? Well, I thought it was both. Humorous oh, and a okay. hostage. All right, and then what did you do, Mr. William? Um, according to you, why is it you don't want to pay the $1,000? Because my deal was two fifty a week. I could do an Airbnb up in that entire area for the same price. And it's not the point. So if it was two fifty a week, a why did you pay a thousand? Why did you pay a thousand then? I, I Because did you not. authorized a thousand. I gave Bill my credit card. I had no idea what they charged till I got back. How does that work? And Kelly. And then... How does that work? No, don't go and. Tell me how that works. 
You handed over a credit card? You didn't sign anything? No. I gave them my number on the phone for $250 a week. Show me and proof where they agreed to $250 a week. Do you have any proof that they agreed to $250 a week? Because when I, I see an email from you the on the last day of your stay where you say to him, $1,000, $500, not $1,000, it sounds to me like you agreed to $1,000. Because those are your words, you see? But now it gets even better. Hold on. Then what you do is you contact your credit card company and you tell them that this is a completely unauthorized charge and that you did never authorized any, any of this, right? Absolutely. Isn't that what true. you do? Not only Right, except for you did right. authorize hey, that, right? Excuse me. Just a second, just the... a second. What you say is customer claims to have no knowledge of this charge. That's what you say. Correct? In order to contest it. Yes. I did not give it. But you do have knowledge of the charge. You do have knowledge of the charge, don't you? Because when you send an email on your last day that it's crappy furniture and it's uncomfortable and I want to renegotiate and I'm taking your bear as hostage, it's kind of clear that you knew what the charge was about. Right? Your Honor, whatever you say, you seem to want to argue a valid point I've got. People investigated the charge. This is this, your thing. I've seen that. The That's because you lied and said company. you didn't know anything no, no, about the charge. Uh, no, it's a total no, lie no, that you don't, don't know anything that. about the charge. is a complete lie. Stealing the bear is illegal. And then let's discuss what it is that you're saying. According to you, there are bed bugs that made your time there miserable, correct? Absolutely, and I sent you records. Your records are from December. My records run for a year, Your Honor. Oh, a I year? Copies. A year of how many dermatologists I saw and how many primary... Oh, well, then their place didn't give you bed bugs. It's even worse. Then you know that you have some kind of skin issue before you go there. According to you, they had bed bugs. I'm going to need you to prove that. Because the only evidence I see of bed bugs you hand in in December. And you see, that's not timely. But more importantly, you know what you didn't do in that nasty email of October 23rd? You never mention bed bugs. Which one would think, oh, if that's why you want to withhold payment, that that would be what you say in the darn email. But you don't. You don't say one word. Now, you guys go out and you hire somebody for 100 bugs, 100 bugs, $100 to go check whether there are bed bugs. And I've seen the report from that exterminator. Zero bed bugs. Correct? Correct. All right. Uh, and that's why you're suing for $1,100. Let's talk about your counterclaim. You have a counterclaim for $1,500 for pain and suffering for what? For getting eaten alive by their bed bugs. But your honor. Okay, I and again, really but let me ask you, do you have any that. evidence that there were that there were bed bugs in between October 3rd and October 23rd while you were there? Anything, a text from you to them, an email from you to them, an, um, anywhere where you mentioned bed bugs during the time that you were there? Forgive me, your honor. And you usually do not know for a couple weeks. I've got documentation. I went to LabCorp, 
They found the poison. I went to two dermatologists. If you don't believe it, Your Mi Honor, you're wasting my Mr. time. Mr. William, listen to me. I do bed, oh, I'm wasting your time. I do bed bug cases all the time. It is inaccurate that you usually don't. You know, you find out the second you wake up. Now, let me ask you what oh, the $200 bet true. is about. Tell me what the $200 bet is about. What are you suing for? Kelly owed me $200, $100, double or nothing. She could climb in a boat. I sent pictures. She didn't get in. She owes me the 200 And they owe me the 1000 But I've always said I don't want the 1000 I travel around the world, Your Honor. Wait, you mean the 1500 that you're suing for for pain and yes. suffering? That's what you're referring to. Uh, yes, right? I, I told them. Forget it. Where'd you go between the twenty third? Where where did you go between the twenty third of October and December? You said you'd travel around the world. Where'd you go? Uh nowhere. I went to uh Mexico with my son in January. I just got back from the Mediterranean and Alaska and I was booked to go to South America. But that's neither here nor there. Your Honor, please. A, a ruling and let me go on my way. I don't, I don't think care. so. I think I'm going to, yeah, I really don't care either. I think that you are not only a thief, that you ended up ruining a 20-year, for 12-year, whatever it was, friendship oh, over posing. Turn him off. Right. Turn him off. Turn him off. I want him gone. Okay. So not only and I'm, am I going to order him to pay the $1,000 that he owes you and got reversed by lying, I'm also going to order him to pay you the $100 for the exterminator who went there, inspected thoroughly, and found zero bed bugs. Okay? I think you've got to see his true colors. I don't think you want him oh, yeah. in your home again. All right. Verdict no, for the plaintiff. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, you can't collect on bets. The courts don't get involved in enforcing gambling. So on his bet, zero and on the 1500 for pain and suffering it couldn't be more obvious that this happened after the fact because nowhere does he mention it and there's no evidence of it until december and no bed bugs don't take a month and a half to come out ridiculous verdict for the plaintiffs thank you Well, the plaintiffs collect everything plus $100 extra, so that's $1,100 in this case. The defendant, as you know, was evicted from the courtroom by the judge. It's a shame. I'd love to talk to him and hear his reaction. I'm sure he's steaming. In any event, let's talk to Mr. Goldberg and Ms. Elliott. How do you feel about the outcome of the case, folks? What's your, what's your decision? What's your opinion? Well, I think certainly it's very fair. Um, and I think the judge actually saw the defendant's true colors in today's presentation. Yes. She did and you did saw the true colors. You won't have anything to do with him again in the future. I'm sure of that. Am I right? No. All right. Very interesting case, to say the least. And I'm sure the judges have some very interesting thoughts about this. Let's have another version of after the verdict. Marilyn, in this case, it took 17 days or thereabouts after the departure of the defendant from the house to say a single word about bed bugs. And ostensibly, that was the big problem, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, and you know, when you're leaving and you say, hey, I'm not paying a thousand or we can, I'm paying half of what I said I'd pay and what I already paid right. or else we go to lawyers, you would think that you would have every reason that you're doing that listed in that email. Right. And the only reason was goodwill furniture. And when the bed bugs bite you, it's not a three week process no, before not. you it's get- I just will say you whatever. manifest something from no, the bite. No, you know in the morning, anybody who's ever been a victim of bed bugs knows you know in the morning once you've been bitten. Well, uh, and then the exterminator comes and the exterminator finds zero evidence of bed bugs right. after the fact. And you would think they would find them. You can see a bed bug, by the way. I guess oh, they're, yeah. the, a bed bug is something about the size of an apple seed. Have very, very tiny. I, um, nobody knows where they come from right. and the bed bugs aren't talking, but he had zero evidence of it until December. This guy will literally say anything to nail his friends out of the money that they're entitled to. Well, certainly claiming to the credit card company that, that he has uh, no I don't know knowledge. anything about that is uh, not a good look when no. you come to court later, right? Right. So Mary Lee wants to know this. Hey, Harvey, is it legal for a landlord to make you lower your heat when you're cold with temps in the 40s and the apartment temperature at night is 60? Well, here's the thing. 60 is unreasonable and you have a right to heat. Um, there is something called a warranty of habitability that is implied, if it's not written down, it's implied in every lease. And that means you are entitled to a healthy, safe apartment. And part of that is you don't have to shiver when you're inside. So there's no magic number in terms of how warm you're entitled to have it, uh, but you are entitled to have reasonable heat. 60 degrees is not reasonable. And that will do it for this case. Litigants for the next case are inside the courtroom. This is the plaintiff, Linnea Scott. She says she purchased an adorable puppy named Cody from the defendant. And it turns out he has a disease in his eyes which may require surgery. She had to go ahead and get Cody the surgery. He has to have another operation in six months. The defendant sold her a sick dog. And now she's owed $1,593.96 for all the vet bills she has to pay. This is the defendant, Marquette. He says the plaintiff insisted on taking the puppy home before he was eight weeks old. And he told her if she did that, she would be responsible for it. When she took the puppy home, he was perfectly healthy. He doesn't know what she did to Cody in the time she had him. And he doesn't think he's responsible for paying the plaintiff's vet bills. He's accused of pooping out on a pup. All parties, please use your right hands. Welcome back to the People's Court. Next case on the docket, the plaintiff says that she purchased a puppy from the defendant, but the dog was sick, needed surgery, and the defendant won't pay. Now, the defendant says that he doesn't know what she did with the dog when she had him and isn't paying her anything. It's the case of pooping out on a pup. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome, ma'am. All right, Ms. Scott, talk to me. What happened? How do you two know each other to begin with? We grew up together in the same neighborhood down North Philly. Um, so he had puppies for sale and you wanted one of the puppies. What kind of puppies were these? They're standard poodles. Okay. So what did you pay for the poodle? 1200 to get all together. When he advertised the poodle on April the 11th, I contacted him and it was a $300 deposit down to hold the poodle. All right. Now, apparently there was a problem with the poodle. What was the problem? Upon receiving a poodle, he was asleep on May the 20th, 
at six weeks old the next day. Um, he would sleep the whole night when he delivered the poodle. I gave him his $900 cash. The next day when Cody had woke up, his eyes were red. Um, they were irritated. They had crust around them. I called around a few, um, I called around a few vets, um, a pet smart. They said we can't provide no eye washes for the poodle. He's a baby. He don't have his shots. We urge you to take him to a veterinarian hospital. I took Cody in emergency. They said maybe it's a um an ear uh, uh, allergy. They gave me a medicine for Cody. Okay, as it, let's let's fast forward a little bit. As it turns out, what the vet said is that the dog needed surgery because it had an eyelid that was, and I believe the word is entropion, when entropion. it's a condition where the eyelid is drooping and the eyelash is hitting the, the eyeball, right? Yes, ma'am. All right. So did you bring that to Mr. Marquette's attention? Yes. I called, Mr. Mr. I called Mr. Marquette. Eight days later. I called Mr. Marquette. Let Mr. Marquette know. Okay, can I, let me ask you a question. Mr. Marquette, you keep saying uh, it's eight days later. Um, when did you expect her to tell you the problem? Um, she, so she initially said that his eye was red the next day. Or she, in fact, I'm sorry. She said the eye of the puppy, uh, his eye was red the same day. And then on the paperwork, it says the puppy eye was red the day that I dropped the puppy off. If the eye okay. was red the day I dropped the puppy off, why didn't Linnea, why didn't Miss Scott contact me to say, hey, Marquette, the puppy eye is red. You know, can you come check the puppy out? Did the puppy have surgery, Miss Scott? Yes, June the 4th, he had surgery. Okay. Um, and you are suing here for a future surgery as well? Yes, ma'am. I read the vet reports, and the vet doesn't appear to think there's going to be a need for a future surgery. Why are you suing for $881 for a future surgery when the vet said that there didn't appear to be a need at this time? She said that she will watch him. She said he's doing well right now. Right, and the words, I'm not making this up, the exact words are that there is no need for a future surgery at this point. So how are you going to prove that you're entitled to $881 for a surgery your vet says there's no reason to believe we're going to need? I mean, you may end up needing it or you may pocket $881. That's not how the law works. No, she said one eye fell out, Your Honor, and she said the right eye she would keep an eye on. So when I'm looking at the vet's reports, you're only entitled to come to court and sue for real damages, not speculative damages. You can't sue for, hey, it, she's watching the eye and something might happen later. That's not how this works. Uh, also, how did you even come up with the figure 881? Because in the beginning, there was going to be a future surgery. This, this, the, the stitches that she put in. Yeah, but how did you come up with that figure? This right, and she says that, that worked. She gave me okay. Yes. I got it. Now, let me ask you a question. Why didn't you call him sooner or reach out to him sooner? The medicine that she gave me was to watch him for five days. When we, we didn't think that this was a problem long term. 
Right, you just thought it was a little infection or something and it wasn't worth calling. Now, Mr. Marquette, yes, what yes, difference does yes, it make Honor. that she waited eight days? What is your impression of what the law says and how much time she has to bring something up? My thing is because we know each other from childhood, from about 13 to 18 or 19, you know, we know each other. So if something happened to that dog in the time frame that she did receive the dog at six weeks, when I told her, hey, they still puppies, they six weeks, but they're running up my steps. I said, they're ready to go. If you want the dog, you can get the dog at six weeks. You have to bring the dog back at eight weeks so I could take it with the litter of puppies to get his shots. So I was, if even with the, even with the text messages, I sent her a small contract saying, hey, you are reliable for the puppies. If anything happened to the dog, not, Responsible. you know, if anything happened to, huh? I'm sorry responsible oh. for the puppies. Yes, you're responsible for the pet if anything happened to it. But that wasn't saying if the dog I was bred the same day I dropped them off, you could she could have called me to say, hey, Marquette, the dog I is bred, and, and the second day, if it was worse or if it got redder, I would have first called the person I got the dog from to see what the okay, problem was. But I probably would have too, but that what you or I would do is different from what the law requires. In your state of Pennsylvania, there she has 10 days to bring up a problem to you. And she brings it up on day eight, okay? And she tells you, it's, you know, I thought I could handle it. I thought it was an infection, but it turns out that the dog is gonna need surgery. You've seen the vet reports. You know that, that you know, that they had to do a few stitches on the eyelid, right? Well, it took her a while to get me over the information. I kept asking for the information. But you've seen it. Understand. You have seen it. Did I see the report? No, I saw the, all I saw was a vet bill. I didn't see a report. Okay. I saw the vet bill. All right. Well, the animal did have uh, entropion. Is that what it's called? Yes, Your Honor. You have included in here shots that he had said he'd get taken care of. Why are you, why didn't you just bring the dog back to him to take care of the shots? Like he had, like you guys had agreed. I kept calling right She told me she wasn't bringing him back. Mr. Marquette, hold on. Go I ahead. Kept, I kept calling Mr. Marquette. I, I've contacted him a few days before the 30th and said, hi, um, will we meet? He said, yeah, tomorrow. I said, hey, are you going to come and get the dog? He kept saying tomorrow. I provided exhibits to you. He kept saying tomorrow. I okay, said, hold on one um, second. Hello. When were you supposed to, hold on. When were you supposed to um, get the dog to him in order to uh, get the shots done? On the 30th. She was okay, to so the I'm going to look. I'm looking at the text. He tells you, that's fine, Naya. You should have called me right away before taking him to the vet. Or if you saw his eyes swollen, I didn't see that. And you said, I panicked. I just called the vet right away. Sunday, May 31st, he says. This is after the fact. So I don't see what you say, Miss Scott, where uh, he just blows off picking up the dog. What I see instead is on May 31st, he texts you and says, hey, I'm going to pick him up. And you say you would have to call me. I've already been getting him care. His case is severe. He's scheduled for eye surgery next week. So there's no him refusing to take the dog for the, the, for the sh regular shots. There's you deciding that you're just going to handle it, right? So I, I don't think you're entitled to provide that exhibit. Oh, well, it exists, though. He provided it. It's where it's the text where you say these are your texts. 
You would have to call me. I'm already getting him care. His case is severe. He's scheduled for eye surgery. So it's not him who bails on taking the dog in for the shots. Now, let's discuss what your damages are, because you need to understand there's law that covers this, all right? Every state has laws that govern, that govern the sale of dogs and, and the protections that you have. And Pennsylvania is no exception. It's, it, it's law is pretty much the same as most places. Now, the one thing is it covers any seller of a dog, whether it's a dealer or not. You are, I don't know whether you're a dealer or a seller or just a seller, but since it covers anybody who sells a dog ever, we don't even have to go into that. Normally I have to determine whether someone's, you know, a casual breeder or an actual dealer and sells X number of dogs a year. That's not how it works in Pennsylvania. Frankly, that's not how it should work anywhere. Um, and then it gives you three choices. And this is almost the same in every state. Choice number one, return and get a refund. Choice number two, return and get a replacement. And choice number three, keep the dog, because people end up wanting to keep the dog. They've bonded with the dog, and they don't want to give the dog away. And get damages up to, we cap that. See, you can't, if it's a five, if it's a $1,000 dog, you can't spend $20,000 saving it. Um, so it's capped. You can keep the dog, and then the bills that you can sue for are capped at the purchase price of the dog. Okay? So even if you could prove, you know, $1,593 worth of damages, which you can't because 881 of it are speculative, you would still be capped at the 1200 You send her a text when she picks up the dog, which, by the way, I don't know why. Oh, they're running up the steps so she can take the dog. You should still keep the darn dog for the eight weeks. Okay, but you go ahead and you give her the dog and then you put in a text, by the way, anything happens, you're responsible. But you need to understand that just you can't, the law doesn't let you nullify the protections of dog purchasers. In other words, your text saying that doesn't alter what her rights are. I am with you that I would have expected her, especially if you're friends, for her to call you and tell you what was going on because maybe you had a recommendation of a vet or whatever, and maybe you could have kept the, the cost more controlled. But when we get right down to it, the cost ended up being only $712.96, of which a portion of that are the regular shots, which I don't deem that you should have to pay. So here is where we are. Is, there's no question that this is a condition that the, that the dog was born with. It's a, it's a congenital thing to have that and that it devalues the dog. Were you planning on breeding the dog, ma'am? Or no, this was a pet. Either or. <laughs> yeah, because um, there there are problems with- Who knows what the future holds? Yeah. Well, you know, there's kind of problems with, you know, being able to breed a dog that has this condition because they pass it on. Um, exactly. Right. So I would have never sold her a, uh, a runt dog. That's number one. Um, she got one of the first dogs that she picked from seeing the pictures. I didn't just give her the dog and saying, hey, here goes your dog. So for me, I love my dogs. I have three standard poodles of my own that I take care of. And they're, they're well-groomed. They're the best-looking dogs in my neighborhood. I get compliments every day. Um, Okay, no, nobody thinks that you're some kind of racket, racketeer or anything. I get it. No. But at the end of the I'm day, just... you're still responsible. So here's what's going to happen. I've gone through the bills. I have pulled out the following. 
a speculative future surgery that the doctor right now says is unnecessary. Now that doesn't mean that if the dog requires a surgery, you can't come back to court, just not in this case. I'm not ordering him to pay it for you, to you. I'm also removing the shots because the shots are not something that I think you should have to pay. The shots are 83 and 125. Yes. I'm removing those. And that leaves a, um, the rest of the bill, which I do find that you are responsible for, Mr. Marquette, in the amount of $504 verdict for the plaintiff. Good luck, folks. So after suing for almost $1,600, the plaintiff is only going to recover just over $500, $504. Let's talk to Mr. Marquette. Number one, Mr. Marquette, you're the defendant in this case. Uh, you know, are you sorry you gave her the dog at six weeks? Yes. I would never make that. I would never do that again. I will keep my dogs, my puppies until eight weeks. So I won't have problems like this in the near future. I think that's yeah, that's very important. One other thing. Did any other of the other dogs in that litter have any eye problems like, like this one? No, all of my puppies are fine. So it could have been something that was going on in her house. Oh, but I know all of my puppies. No one has problems out of the litters that I've greeted. This is the first time I ever heard of something wrong with a puppy of mine. All right. Well, very good. Well, I'm sorry that uh, you had this problem to deal with. She should have brought the dog back to you. If she had in the beginning, you would have taken care of it, wouldn't you? Right in the beginning? I would have took I would have took care of the puppy and I would I would have used my own insurance to take care of the puppy and I would have gave her a brand new, a different not a brand I would have gave her a different puppy. Very or a refund. All right, well thank you. <laughs> okay, well thank you very much. All right, Miss Scott, let me ask you uh what you think about the outcome of the case. How do you feel about it? You heard what the defendant just said. If you'd have taken him back, uh he would have taken care of that pup. How do you feel about that? He was full of crap since day one. I got Cody. I love him. He's in good hands now. He's doing well. He's famous in my neighborhood. I wish everybody the best of luck. Thank you, People's Court, for having me. All right. Well, you seem very happy. And the dog is doing good, right? Very happy. Cody is thriving really well. Okay. All right. That'll wrap it up for this dog case. Let's see what the judges feel now. Here's another session of After the Verdict. It sounds like the big winner in this case is Cody. Yep. <laughs> because he's obviously beloved by the plaintiff, and uh, she wouldn't let him go for anything. Yeah. And it's interesting that the state law here in Pennsylvania, and a lot of states have similar laws, would give you, if you buy a dog from someone, that chance to, if you had to return the dog because it was sick or it had some serious defect like that, you get up to the purchase price and no more, right? Right. right. I mean, I've never had a case where anybody said, I just want to return the dog. Right. Um, they always want to keep the dog. Isn't that something? Yeah. Well, our dogs, they love us unconditionally. They're, they're completely loyal. They're the greatest companions. Yeah. There's nothing like the human canine bond. It's, no. just, <laughs> it's intense. And these people will pay any price and right. do anything to make their dog feel better, to, make their, right, to right. alleviate their dog's suffering. We've seen it. You've seen I was it a little surprised that she didn't contact them, particularly since they knew each other for so many years. Um, right. But she just, uh, I don't know, she went her own way on it. But I'm glad the dog is fine. Um, right. And I, you know, it's, it was a little bit slick of him to send that text saying, anything happens, you're responsible because you right. can't really amend the law yeah, and right. people's rights that way. Okay, Jessica wants to know this. Hey, Harvey, if I set up a fundraiser and somebody makes a slanderous comment about me, which is unfounded, 
causing very few people to donate. Can I sue for slander or punitive damages? Well, punitive damages is not a theory. That's just an element of damages. So let me tell you how this works. If you are not a public person, Jessica, uh, and somebody makes a false statement about you that causes you uh, scorn or ridicule and you lose money as a result, yes, you can sue for defamation. That would be slander in this case, a spoken word. If it's written, it's libel. Um, now, it depends on what they said, and it's got to subject you to scorn and ridicule. It can't just be a janky comment. It's got to be something really serious. But yes, if they did, you can sue. We'll see you next time.